NBA free agency. It's it's like a monsoon storm. You can see it coming for miles, but when it finally hits, all the granulars of information that's hitting you, sometimes it's too much to consume. If you open your mouth in in surprise, you're going to get some some sand granules up in your teeth. Nobody wants that. So here we are, a day after free agency opened, uh, what, 21 hours ago. The Phoenix Suns came out firing on all cylinders. James Jones, Matt Ishbia, the front office team for the Phoenix Suns instantly started making an impact as they shaped the roster around their big three and their their little four in DeAndre Ayton, but with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal. Now we have some understanding of not only who the players that they're going to roster are for the 2023-2024 season, but we also have an idea as to how the team and the front office sees their roster construction, how they want to operate. So we're going to navigate all that. We're going to talk about all the transactions that occurred up to this point, which we're recording July 1st at noon Arizona time. If anything happens in the middle of this, I know we'll be able to tell you live and you might even get some fun reactions. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we trade Deandre Ayton and Cameron Payne to Dame uh, for Dame Lillard in, in Portland with no picks. Yeah. Here's hoping it's not going to happen. But welcome, everybody, to the Suns Jam Session podcast. And simultaneously, we are streaming on the Geeks channel. Suns <laughs> keep joining me. Matthew has some prior engagements. Uh, he's busy on this Saturday afternoon. So I thought if I'm going to get another sicko, another geek, if you will, to talk Suns free agency, I got to get Brandon. I got to get the Suns geek. Geek, how you doing? I'm fantastic, brother. I've been uh, pretty much drunk on coffee the last... Um, you know, 12 hours, my ear pods are uh, falling out, but I got my headphones on standby just in case. And uh, we just had a trade right before we went live. Not a Suns trade. Don't panic, Suns fans. But yeah, Obi Toppin going to the Pacers for two second round picks. And uh, yeah, NBA free agency, NBA offseason, man. I'm pumped. And don't worry, I'm on standby just in case Damian Lillard gets traded and we can okay. freak out live on the okay. podcast. Perfect. Yeah, you you monitor the socials. And I'm with you. It's it, it was it was a crazy first 20 minutes of free agency. Yeah. From three to three twenty, I was just like sitting there, you know, obviously uh managing bright side of the sun. I'm making sure that we're putting out quality articles. I have my pre-written uh things that I think are gonna happen. So I got them ready to go. And then of course none of them happen, everything goes sideways, and I'm just like, oh, oh shit. They, I wasn't expecting four transactions in the first seven minutes, and that's what we got from the Phoenix Suns, but that's what you want. Is you yeah. want decisiveness. You want to see that players who are going to come here on a better minimum deal are doing so right off the bat. There's no sit or, sitting around and waiting for an opportunity to have somebody else come in and snag them. James Jones, his team, they were on the phones. They were making it happen just as you were going live on your channel. And, and we are now talking about it on this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. So thank you for joining us. Anybody who's watching along live or at a later time on the tubes, go ahead and hit the thumbs up. Hulk smash it, as Suns Hulk Geek smash likes to that say. Like <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you're on Spotify, just give us a five-star rating. It's a review on Apple Podcasts. It's always appreciated. We'll read it live right here on the pod. This is also a reminder that if you are in Arizona and you have not signed up for DraftKings, fuck are you waiting for 
Shit's been out for like two years almost. Like, get on there. If And if you are a new user or you just turned 18 and you can legally gamble, or, or I'm sorry, if you're legally 21, you can receive $150 bonus bet instantly after following just three steps. Create an account, deposit, wager five bucks on any sport. That simple. Whether it's your first wager and it, if it wins or lose, you'll still receive that $150 bonus bets simply by using code SUNSJAM when you sign up. Doing so supports the pod. And make sure you use that code SUNSJAM. Again, if you're a new user on DraftKings, this offer is only available for for new customers who are 21 and over and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the episode description for full terms of the offer. I'm getting better. Well done on that that little promo right there. (laughs) I'm I'm a trying. I'm a trying. So on that note, again, it's afternoon. It's Saturday. I should be day drinking, but I'm day drinking some DDP, some Diet Need Dr. that Pepper. sugar, man. During free agency and the off season, it's fun to have a nice drink every once in a while. But we gotta get loaded up on caffeine and sugar. Amen. Man. We can't be can't be day drinking like we did with the Bradley Beal stuff. No, <laughs> that was like a no. celebration. But this is we gotta stay focused, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nonstop. I, I completely agree with the geek. If you're sitting around and you're drinking while you're enjoying this content, good. <laughs> But we got to stay laser focused in case yep. anything gets in. I, I keep feeling my little watch going off over and over again because it's just never the know. Austin Reeves notification uh, signed a contract for, With the Lakers, yeah, for the Lakers million. four years. Yeah. And just real quick, he deserves it. But like, I don't know. He, he's going to have to earn that money. Pretty much is what I'm saying. He's a good player. He proved he me wrong, but he is. I and That's I wish a lot of money. I, I wish the rest of the NBA would have driven his price up. There was yeah. an opportunity for like the Rockets or the Spurs to offer him something higher than four years, $56 million just to fuck the Lakers because they were going to pay it. Yeah. But oh, well, this isn't a Lakers yeah. podcast. This exactly. is a Suns podcast. So <laughs> pop them if you got them. Let's talk Suns, baby. It's been a wild, wild ride as the Suns, even before 3 o'clock Eastern time, Arizona time, every the gates opened up. So I, I just want to run real quick, Geek, through all of the transactions that occurred. We'll Go break these down a little in, in more detail as yeah. the podcast uh, continues. But here's what the Suns did over the past couple days. The first thing they did is they opted into Ish Wainwright's deal. They then fully guaranteed Cameron Payne's contract. They And then right before, like 20 minutes before free agency, they pulled the qualifying offer off the table for Jock Landell. Yep. And we'll talk about that. They signed oh, yeah. Drew Eubanks. Then they re-signed Josh Akogi. They signed uh, Kita Bates-Diop, KBD. It's hard Kita, to pronounce sometimes. It's Kita, yeah. right? Yeah, it's Kita, Kata. I'm calling him, calling him Kata, So Okay, I'm calling Kita, Kita but it's like, it's, it's like Kata. Yeah. It's like Keto Diet. It's Kita. <laughs> Uh, you have them re-signing Damian Lee. Then they signed, let's see, Chemetsi Yet uh, Chemetsi Metu. Metu? From- yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having trouble pronouncing that name as well. Yeah, it's like damn you, sons. Give me a Smith or something. <laughs> yeah. Make it easy on me. You or a Johnson or a Junior or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those common names. And then they signed Yuta Watanabe. Yeah, and, let's go. And, and that is that's everything they did. And they did that all within the first. I want to say 40 minutes of free agency. I think Utah Watanabe was signed at 340 AZ time. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, or maybe it's 440 Arizona time. But that being said, when you take a look at 
the way that the Suns have filled out their roster, and that's what they've done ultimately here, is for all intensive purposes, they filled out their roster. Okay, if, if you look at their total number of players who are quote-unquote under contract, because we know that you can't sign into these contracts technically yep, until technically. July 6th. This mm-hmm. is the yep. moratorium uh, period. Yep. But they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 players under contract Let's as go. of this moment. Uh, that doesn't include Tamani Kamara, who has yep. signed his rookie deal. That would be 15. Uh, yep. Knowing that most likely Kamara perhaps Isaiah Todd, who was acquired in the transaction with the Washington Wizards, would become yeah. two-way players and that the Suns could roster three two-way players this upcoming season. That would put them technically at 13 roster spots. When you take a look at all those transactions, I'll start with this question for you, Geek. Who do you believe the fifth starter will be? And did they identify one by making these moves? <sighs> I feel like this question might be a little to be determined right now, all because of Tory Craig. And I am really okay. keeping an eye on that uh, because as I read on bright side of the sun.com, go check everything out over there. I don't even plug my his, own site half the time. <laughs> we still have his bird rice. Congratulations, by the way, by, by becoming the site manager over there. Thank you. Thank but you. Uh, yeah, we have his bird rights and apparently we can bring him back. I think it was like 5 million or whatever. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is I think it's, yet to be determined just because of Tory Craig. But I mean, is Josh Akogi a fair answer as our fifth starter? I mean, I hate to use this word post Monty, but you're using, you're, you're bringing back continuity, familiarity. And yeah, you know, Frank Vogel, new playbook, you know, Kevin Young and all that, but why not Josh Akogi, man? And you know, this is what, what I really like, especially with our bench is we have so many guys who are going to compete for minutes and, you know, you obviously, you know this because we've talked about it. You don't want to experiment in the playoffs, but you mm-hmm. want to experiment during the regular season. You want to be like a mad man playing 2K, switching out lineups, doing all these substitutions during the regular season to see what works and see what doesn't work. So I don't even know if we're going to have like a permanent fifth starter until later in the year. And I think that's okay. These guys are going to play and work hard for minutes. And a lot of these guys are going to have to earn their minutes. Let's be real, man. And, you know, we can talk about it later, but some of these two-way contracts and some of these summer league guys and even the bottom of the roster, they're going to have to earn it, man. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I guess I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say Josh Kogi. And I think with this, there there really is no correct answer because the yeah. Suns, with the transactions that they made, didn't really sign somebody who you're like, yep, exactly. that's the fifth guy right yep. there. So. I think you're right in the fact that, one, you don't want to experiment in the playoffs. And unfortunately, that's what Monty Williams did last year. It's one of those things that essentially rode him out of town. His lack of adjustments. Mm -hmm. Remember, in the eight games in which Kevin Durant played with the Suns in the regular season, the team was 8-0. In the eight games that Kevin Durant played in the regular season, Josh Okoge was a starter. Yep. One, first round against the Clippers. Tory Craig starts. And in that series for the first two or three games, Tory Craig was putting off putting up offensive numbers because he was knocking down the shots that were provided to him due to the gravity of the players around him. But ultimately, it didn't work. And if you tell me it did, uh, they they were bounced out in the second round. So it didn't work. They for some reason Monty Williams started experimenting at the wrong time. You're right, Brandon. This is a a 
team that has a ton of pieces, I feel now, that are going to allow them the opportunity to experiment. Uh, but I still am slightly frustrated that they don't have a defined fifth starter. And I feel like, as you mentioned, if they were to bring back a Tory Craig, I feel like that solidifies it because Tory Craig does become your fifth guy automatically. And then everybody else, you try to work into rotation, see how it works, knowing that this team now is deep, in my opinion, especially as compared to last season, if and when injuries occur. Now, you mentioned Tory Craig, his bird rights. What's very advantageous about Tory Craig is they the team can offer him like $12 million, which makes it not only a more, more appealing for him to come to Phoenix or to stay in Phoenix, yeah. but it also makes him appealing from a managerial standpoint because that becomes a contract that you can trade if and when that time occurs because you don't have and any. He's been traded before, just saying. Yes. Yes, he has. And with if you need to stack a couple contracts together, knowing that you have nothing but veteran minimum guys, it would take six veteran minimum guys to equal a $12 million contract. It's just not going to happen. You'd have to like, okay, the entire depth is now gone. Uh, <laughs> can I bring in one guy for $12 million? Or you have like Torrey Craig plus a couple decent veteran minimum guys equals a $14 million contract. So there's an advantage there. And I, I actually, you know, as I mentioned before, writing for Bright Side of the Sun, uh, I have I have a Tory Craig, Craig piece ready to go. I thought he'd be Let's one go. of the first guys that we had signed, yeah. and he wasn't. They still haven't signed him. I was like, I did all that work prepping for it. So once it was a copy, paste, send, boom, it's posted on the site. We beat everyone to a good story, and that's just the way it goes. Come free agency because you never know what's going to happen. Now, there's advantages and disadvantages of Josh Akogi, in my opinion. The disadvantage of Josh Akogi is he essentially is your three, which forces Kevin Durant to be your four. You know, and these are quote unquote, it is positionless basketball, but ultimately, especially with this roster, especially with this roster, there that's yeah. that's what the the team has shown us is that they want to go into this positionless basketball kind of modus operandi, if you will. So if you have Jo, then KD's playing the four, which means you have to rely on him a little bit more for defensive rebounding and physicality against opposing teams that have more physical fours slash fives. And that has the potential to wear him down a little bit. Uh, but that being said, entering free agency, what were your expectations of how the Suns would navigate it? That's a great question. Uh, first off, I, I actually waited, for anybody who cares, I waited like 30 minutes to go live because I had absolutely no clue what they were going to do. I figured they were going to sign somebody, but I, you know, maybe they decided to wait or whatever. I just was kind of waiting. And then, you know, as you mentioned, we started getting all these signs. Just boom, 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 mm -hmm. boom. But because of the big three, and if you want to consider DeAndre in the big four, I feel like we... We're going to go in a sort of Frank Vogel direction in terms of signing players. And I feel like that's kind of what we've done. We've got defenders, we've got size, we've got strength, we've got shooters. And that's what a championship coach or champion coach and Frank Vogel and his new and our new coaching staff, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, kind of looks for. And I feel like that's the kind of guys that we not only signed, but we also brought back as well. Now, again, we're going to get into it, but there's a little couple question marks uh, some decisions that we made that i was a little confused but yeah and you know it, there were so many free agents available i mean i know that you guys were talking about them on the podcast and on bright side of the sun and everything and lots of players out there and some of these caught me by surprise like the drew eubanks one that i didn't see that one coming at all mm -hmm. um and, 
but really the one that I was really, and, and we'll eventually get to it, was the, the Yuta Watanabe. That was the one where even like a long time ago, I was like, man, he'd be a great fit on the Phoenix Sun. So mm-hmm. again, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all, but we, we got guys that are going to hustle, play defense, that can shoot, and we're work they're 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 gonna have to work their tails off to get minutes, especially under Frank Vogel. Well, and I think you answered the question by saying that we're gonna go for Frank Vogel type guys, and I think that's what this team did. You know, we went after guys who are all between six eight and six ten. Yep. We got guys who have defensive affinities outside of Yuna Watanabe. We got defensive type guys, guys who you can bring in on on the second team unit and provide some defense, guys who could start on the first team units. Yep. You know, Absolutely. like, you know, like uh, KBD, you know, Keta, Keta, Keta beats the up. Man, I'm going to have <laughs> such a hard time. His name? Me too. <laughs> I just can't wait till like the fourth game of the season. I just got it down. It was like, I remember back when Giannis Antetokounmpo came into the league. I'm like, I oh, can't yeah. say that fucker's I name. I couldn't pronounce. Dude, same thing with uh, Victor Wemben Yamba. I had yeah, no clue thing. how to pronounce that name. I was just calling him Wemby. Yeah, for the longest time. <laughs> like, now, I'm still going to call him Wemby. Yeah, just, it, just because like I don't have the... Uh, the cadence or the confidence to say their <laughs> names, but Keta Bates Diop. He potentially, I'll tell you this. First thing I did last night, not first thing, last thing I did last night, like 1130 at night, I throw on NBA 2K23. I start fucking with the rosters and I, I make the Suns, the current v- version of the Suns. And I played a little bit and I'm like, I like Diop as our four right now. Yeah. I like, I like me personally, I'm a pro KD at the three kind of guy. Okay. I like him operating on the perimeter on both offense and defense. Yeah. Knowing that he has the size to go down and give you extra rebounding, but having him at the three and knowing that he's being guarded by opposing, you know, shooting guards and small forwards is something that I like. So Diop gives you a little bit more of that interior physicality. Yeah. And so that's how I ultimately navigated it. But the one thing that you notice is the Suns don't really have a point guard. And, and we kind of knew this, right? We kind of knew that Vogel, based on the statements that he had at the Beal introductory presser, felt he a point guard, a, point guard, a true point guard, by definition, wasn't necessarily uh, a priority for the Suns in free agency. You take a look at some of Vogel's quotes. He said, I'm very comfortable with Beal and Booker as the starting backcourt, but we're going to explore that fifth spot potentially being a campaign or a point guard, and we're going to explore it maybe being a three-type four defender position. Those things will play out in camp. I love the idea of getting those guys down the floor with a point guard uh, and advancing it up to him and letting them attack, but I know they can handle it on as well on their own. The pace that we want to play with, I think the most possessions are going to have different ball handlers each time. It's going to be a multiple ball handler attack, and I'm but I'm comfortable with those guys. Then he's but then he did say, but I do love what campaign brings to the table. So if campaign is the starter, even if campaign is a starter, it's still point guardless, quote unquote, yeah. basketball because campaign's not a true point. And I know that if you go through and you look at a lot of the threads on Twitter, if you haven't hit your maximum number of views that you can look that Elon Musk is like, you can only see 300 a day and you're out of here. Uh, <laughs> fucking worst time of the year to do this, by the way, Elon. Come on. We're glued to Twitter. We're trying to. He's a mad man. He's, He's a mad man. Don't make me go to son's Facebook, man. Don't don't make me do For it. real. I'm not going there to <laughs> scroll threads. Because everyone on Suns Facebook is just like, but we don't have a point guard. As it's- toxic as Suns Twitter can be, Facebook is even worse. I've had oh, to leave so a few bad. Facebook groups because it was so bad. Me too. <laughs> and that's the thing that they're talking about right now. Like you you put it out there. It's like, hey, what do you think of the Suns and what they did for agency? 
And all of us who are glued to this team, watching it day in and day out, those content creators, those writers, yep. we love what they did. And I will say that. I am pumped yeah. with what the Suns did. You go to Suns Facebook, like, but we don't have a point guard. It's like, what is this, 1985? We need Kyle Macy running the ball up the court for the 85 Suns? No. Right. Like, I like what Vogel's attack is going to be. Yeah. Do you like the fact that we haven't necessarily gone out and signed uh, a point guard with the with some of those final spots that we have available? Yeah, I'm going to lean heavily on yes, and it's really all because of everything you just broke down. You know, the great Frank Vogel quote and everything, but – the one thing that stood out to me during that press conference, the Bradley Beal press conference, it was the the main quote. Well, the quote that I took away was multiple ball handler attack. And you yes. are right. Cameron Payne is not like a traditional. I like to use Chris Paul as an example. He's not like a Chris Paul type point guard, a Steve Nash, a John Stock, whatever you want to label him as. He's sort of like a combo scoring fast guard. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. If he's our fifth starter, like our main point guard at times, I'm okay with that, but I really believe, because again, Frank Vogel said it so many times, multiple ball handler attack. I think even Bradley Beal referenced it. I think I'm okay with that. And you know this, Kevin Durant can play a little point. He can play mate. He averaged like what, five assists last year? Like I am fine with that. Now there is, that's why I said I I lean mainly heavily on this like point guard list basketball and I'd lean a little bit on campaign being our point guard, like our main fifth starter or whatever. But I will say this could potentially be bad because I hate to use this as an example, but like Boston didn't have a true point guard. We saw how things went turned out for them. I'm sure there's some other teams that I'm forgetting that don't really have a true point guard and they could use one. But again, because of Beal, Booker, KD, I think we're going to be okay, man. I mean, that's a lot of playmaking. That's a lot of passing. That's a lot of just basketball IQ on the court. So uh, I'm leaning heavily on just embracing this multiple ball handler attack. And maybe we'll find a true point guard somewhere in free agency or during summer league. Is Saban Lee still with us, by the way? Like, has any, I thought they've offered him. Yeah, they they offered him a qualifying offer as a two-way contract. So he could potentially be the third two-way contract. I'm not saying he's the answer, but I just wanted to know if he was like still. But he could definitely help. And and, and, and so so I love two things. One, I love your choice in clothing today. We both (laughs) decided to rock the orange. So (laughs) way way, way to go with us without even calling each other beforehand. Be like, hey, what are you wearing? You wearing purple or orange today? Or is it going to be black? You're going to wear, you're going to wear that, that valley, uh, you know, gradient. No, no, we both ended up with orange. But the other thing, (laughs) that you that you talked about is absolutely right is i think we're going to be okay mm-hmm. who just won the title denver is jamal denver. murray a traditional point guard nope combo Ste- guard all right to who won the title two years ago the bucks <clears throat> nope that was three nope. years ago uh, that's that goes to show where my mind is <laughs> uh the lakers the warriors the warriors yeah i'm sorry is steph curry a traditional point guard no okay then you go to the bucks is drew holiday a traditional point guard Defensive point guard, not really. Bingo. Mm-hmm. He's not. So see, see what I'm getting at, Suns fans, is you don't need Chris Paul. Chris Paul is the exception, not the rule in the NBA now. So knowing that you have two unbelievably talented guards in Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, who can both shot create, who can both distribute. Now, granted, not on the same level as a Chris Paul, but they can yeah. still do things on the same level from a distribution standpoint as a Stephen Curry, as a Jamal Murray, as a Drew Holiday. And you also have Kevin Durant, who has the ability to be a distributor and a playmaker himself. 
knowing that that's your big three, we don't need that traditional point guard. So I'm son's Facebook. I'm talking to you. It's going to be okay. It's not necessarily needed in this modern day of, of basketball. What you need are playmakers. What you need are shooters and the Suns, and, and what you need is size. And I feel like with some of these transactions, they've, they've definitely added the shooting. They brought Damian Lee back who can shoot. They brought in Utah Wantanabe who can shoot, uh, uh, Diop, he can shoot a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, he had he had a good he had like thirty nine percent last year. Yep. His mm -hmm. previous four seasons, I think he averaged thirty percent. So, and, and I think his thirty nine percent is on roughly about two attempts per game. So it's not like oh my god, he's amazing, but he can shoot it. Yeah. So the Suns have provided themselves size and versatility, which is what they were lacking last year. Think back to the playoffs. Think back to the regular season. Now the regular season is a different animal because everyone was so damn injured. But if you think about the playoffs when this team was was healthy. They lack size against the Clippers, right? Yep. We we're getting killed on the glass. Zubak. They, Zubak killed us, yeah. right? Mason Plumlee came in and yeah. killed us. He played okay? good. Mm -hmm. So they they and their wings, due to the size of their wings, they were they were bigger than everybody we put out there. Yeah. And then you look against the the, the buzz the buzzsaw that yeah. was the Nuggets, and yep. it was Jokic, he was on a heater. He was on an all-time heater. The Suns like to run into guys who are on all-time heaters like Giannis in the 2021 <laughs> NBA Finals and Michael Jordan in the 1993 NBA Finals. Okay, <laughs> It's Suns history. We run into guys who are on heaters. Just deal with it. But that being said, their lack of size, their lack of ability to, to take Aaron Gordon out of the game allowed their, their third option, Aaron Gordon and uh, uh, MPJ, to be effective. They both you know, used their size against us too. They both did. Just drive the basket and score. Bingo. <laughs> So, again, I think that while we don't necessarily have a traditional point guard, as you said, Geek, we're going to be okay. Now, that being said, you still have Russell Westbrook out there. Thank you, next. I just think we're going to be okay. <laughs> I'm sort of on the Russell Westbrook thing, but I just don't think it's possible, you know, like especially with financially how it all work. I'm a, I'm a Westbrook fan. That's just me, though. I love his grit. I love his grind. I love what he can be. But we saw in the playoffs the why. Why why, why not? Because he went out and he won game one for the Clippers. Yeah. He was the one who was getting offensive rebounds in the final minutes. And then he lost a couple of games from two because of his sheer inefficiency as a shooter. Yep. You can leave him wide open from three, and he's just bricking it. Like, you want to take his brain and put it into DeAndre. And his, like, energy and hustle yes. and effort. Oh, yeah, you're right. If, you, if we had Russell Westbrook's brain in DeAndre Ayton's body, it'd be, it'd be over. It'd be over um, straight up and, and down. And real quick, too, uh, especially since we got Bradley Beal, I just don't think it's possible to get Russell Westbrook. I mean, maybe there's a small chance, but who even knows if there's any interest there? Frank Vogel and everything. I just I can't see it. But, yeah, I, I don't I don't see it either. I just yeah. good, better and different. It is what it is. And I think that if the Suns do now. Now, remember, they can they can roster up to 20 people in the offseason and start to make cuts and and. Uh, adjustments prior yeah. to the beginning of the season. So if you want to go out and get a couple more veteran minimum guys, uh, and if you can bring back Tory Craig potential, I think you go that route over a Westbrook route. And I think that yeah. uh, we both could agree that we've already spent way too long talking about Russell Westbrook on this podcast. <laughs> all right. So let's go through and let's talk about all the individual transactions that did occur. I want to talk about the player, what your kind of what your thoughts are, uh, and and how you reacted to the news as it came in. So first up, as I mentioned, they decided, and you know, they being our, our amazing general manager James Jones, 
uh, to opt into Ish Wainwright's deal. Now, Ish Wainwright, uh, $1.9 million non-guaranteed contract, club mm. exercise. So essentially the way it works with Ish is his contract will become fully guaranteed. I believe it's January 24th. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's sounds later about right. in the year. It's yeah. later in the year. So sort of like a two-way deal in a way. Almost, but you get more uh, flexibility because two-way contracts can only play a certain amount. I think it's, what, 45 Yeah, 50. They might have have upgraded it to, I think, 50, but yeah, you're you're spot on. on So with Ish, at any point, if let's say that they go, okay, in in three days, they decide, I want to bring back Torrey Craig, and I'm just going to get rid of Ish Wainwright. They only have to pay him for the amount that his contract is, you know, it's – through that point, there's no penalty to it. Right. So what are your thoughts on bringing back Ish Wainwright? And do you think that he's somebody who potentially the Suns could let go if they find a sexier option? And was it the right move to bring him back at all? So many questions. <laughs> yeah, so many questions. And again, I, I hate to keep being this guy and keep giving these like answers, if you will, but maybe this is yet to be determined to uh, the Ish Wainwright news kind of happened early for all the chaos and everything. And I'm happy for him. I, I really do like Ish Wainwright. We all know he works hard, a, a great community guy. You know, he's always in the Valley, always at games and everything, supporting the Phoenix Mercury and all that. And he's, you know, he's a football player trapped in a, a in a basketball player's body, if you will. And, and that's fine. I mean, those guys, there's tons of football players that could probably play in the NBA. And, you know, we, we obviously know that he is limited offensively, except for when we played the Dallas Mavericks and he had that great game against Kyrie Irving and everything. Yes, but, yes, um, yes. but, yeah, I, I do think that there is a possibility to where, you know, especially if we, if we bring back a Torrey Craig or if there's some other options on the table, uh, you know, we definitely let him go. And I, I think that that's why when you mentioned his contract is, you know, not really guaranteed and it's sort of like a two-way deal, that's probably smart. And I, I think he signed that knowing that. And again, man, this is going back to guys that are going to have to earn their role and earn their money. Even if you are like a, a quote veteran or you've been on this team for a while, like you're going to have to earn it. And, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, he works hard. You know, I'm excited for him and we'll just we'll have to wait and see what happens, man. Yeah. I think it was, uh, it was a move by the Suns that ultimately said, you know what? We're going to cover all of our bases, if you will. You know, we know that we have some guys that we're talking to via free agency and and they might be interested, but just in case. Like a safety net kind of insurance. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's like, you know, we're going to just be in case something doesn't go right. We're going to uh, have Wainwright as our backup plan. That being said, I think that now that the roster is filled out the way that it has, he does become extremely expendable. And, and you mentioned a lot of his redeeming qualities that just as a human being, great human being, a oh, grinder, yeah. somebody who's fought to be in this league. But with the talent that's going to be around him and his lack of real versatility, I think that he does become expendable. I think that he is, he's too slow. His, his, his shooting from beyond the arc just isn't there. I think it's like a 32% uh, three point shooter. And although he's he not possess- consistent with it either. Bingo. And he only can hit like the corner three, which yep, is like, that's corner. fine. But PJ Tucker made a living doing that pretty much. But, but he also played not the defender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's not the defender that PJ Tucker is as well. I will say this, though. I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you. Please I think do. Frank, I think Frank Vogel is going to love him, man. I will say that. I'm not saying he's going to be like Monty was with Landry Shamit and give him all these minutes. But I just think Frank Vogel is going to like him a lot. If he sticks around, if he sticks I, around, yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. think that, yeah, he is 
somebody who Vogel might get excited to try yeah. to, you know, uh, uh, teach more of a defensive philosophy and, yeah. and, and help him make His a living in this NBA too. being that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think he's, he's going to like him, man, just because of all the qualities and stuff that we just mentioned. But I do see him as being the most highly expendable due to the nature of his contract. It's not guaranteed. Like, there's no penalty. Just like, you know, see you. Bye. And again, he signed it, and you have to assume he knew that. So, and we Was all it? love Ish, you know, and everything, but that's part of the business, man. Next up, Cameron Payne, the Phoenix Suns, fully guaranteed his $6.5 million contract. In my opinion, this one makes sense a lot. He's, he is a somebody again. We use the word continuity in a in a with a team that's not necessarily cotton, you know, has a lot of continuity. But he's what of what four guys left that were on the NBA finals team? It's him, yep. Devin Booker, DeAndre and, and Tory Craig, team. and mm-hmm. the bubble team. Yep. Going back to the bubble team, it's he's one of only three players that's bad. That you know, that that was in my notes. Yeah. It's crazy how long Cameron Payne's I, been a son, right? That's why I look, I just had that same thought. I'm like, man, that feels like a lifetime ago. And Jeez. Yeah. You're right, man. Uh, but no, I think that this is a good move, man. Uh, and again, I, I mean this as respectfully as I can say it. This is a a great insurance and a great safety net. And again, like you're bringing back that familiarity. And we all know when campaign can be streaky-ish at times. There's some times where it seems like some teams can't stop him because he's so damn fast. Now he does put up some wild shots here and there. And we've, we talked about it earlier. He's not like a real traditional point guard. Uh, but who knows? Maybe that all changes. Maybe during the offseason, he works on his playmaking and we see a whole new campaign. You know, obviously, health has got to come into consideration really with our whole team. Uh, and you never know. I mean, especially when we're in the gym at training camp, maybe something gets unlocked. But uh, I think this is just a safe, smart, you know, bring back signing, whatever you want to label it as. So I could I completely agree. It is smart and it is safe. Yeah. Uh, John Nelson in the chat, paying a six man in Vogel system. I think yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can you see know, it. Uh, and that's, that's why, again, I think that it is a smart move that to, for Phoenix to bring him back on the contract that they did and that he has that explosiveness. He's going to be somebody who pushes the ball, you know, Jason L in the chat, paying too reckless. Yeah, he is, he, 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 he can be reckless at times. Uh, and I think that, you know, as J- uh, Jay Money says, he pushes the pace like yep. Vogel wants. Mm-hmm. And that and that's the key there. He's is, fast, too, man. And I will say, even if he's he reckless, wants. he is fast. So, yeah. And that's what Vogel wants. He, he said it multiple times in the Bradley Beal presser. I want to push the pace. This is going to be a guy who pushes the pace. So it made sense that that was a transaction that the Suns pulled off. Then kind of one of the shocking ones was the fact that Jock Landell his qualifying offer was pulled off the table like 20 minutes before free agency started. What were your initial thoughts when that happened? Well, first off, I got to get a little bias here. Uh, Jake Fisher, who's been on my channel, was the first one to have that for anybody who cares because we all know like there's team woes, there's team shams, maybe a little bit of Chris Haynes and all that, but Jake Fisher does have connections. He's connected and everything, and he was the first one on that, but I was a little shocked, and you know, I, that's sort of when I knew that things were going to change. And I was like, well, wait, what's going to happen with Bismack Biombo now? And like, but yeah, I think that that was, I'll just say this. It's like, that just goes to prove that nothing is guaranteed in this league. And look, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure that was a very difficult, difficult decision for James Jones. Let's be real. And Jock provided some great moments on the court. We all know how he is off the court. And he's a hard worker. He works his tail off, man. He doesn't mind getting dirty. He doesn't mind bumping and bruising and all that. But 
clearly with the guys <clears throat> or guy that or yeah, I guess guys that we're going to talk about, the Suns must just have a different direction, a different vision. But yeah, it definitely was surprising. And that happened fast. That was like mm-hmm. before the chaos started, but going to miss Jock. You know what I mean? I think we're all going to miss Jock. I think in honor of Jock Landell, we'll play his drop. This is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my Jack Landale. Jack Landale. One of my all-time favorite movies right there. (laughs) Me too. It's so funny. (laughs) I'm such a child. I I was shocked I wasn't surprised. Because the moment it happened, I knew that the Suns were up to something. And you think about it, okay? Much akin to what I was referencing earlier with Ish Wainwright. Mm -hmm. You, the Suns are having conversations before 3 p.m. And Ish Wainwright was their backup plan in case one of their conversations fell through and somebody that they were targeting ended up signing with another organization. Jock Landell was another safety net. Oh, yeah. They, they offered him his uh, restricted free agent amount, which was $2.2 million. And then they knew that they were going to have to navigate restrictive free agency with him rather than potentially bring in his replacement right away. So they had Drew Eubanks, they had Metu, both on their on their board, both most likely had conversations, both probably had guarantees from both that they were going to come join the team. And so at that time, they're like, okay, Jock's, you know, ha- having Jock and Drew Eubanks is duplicitous, ultimately. Yeah. We already got, we, we got our big white guy. We don't need, a, no, we, don't, yeah. we don't need to, you know, it's like Aaron Baines to Jock and now, you know, Drew Eubanks. So we'll and talk Drew about Eubanks him is, Yeah, it's like, he's pretty much an upgrade. Sorry, but go on. It, you're, you're right though. You're 100% <laughs> right. You know, he is an energy guy. He is somebody who can play offense and defense. And while Jock brought the energy and the fuck shit up, I always said that you need fuck shit up guys. He was a fuck shit up guy. For real. He, in my opinion, the Suns didn't want to play the restricted free agency game. Okay. We've made you an offer. Now we have to sit for a couple days while we wait for you to explore offers from other teams and yada, yada, yada. And we just want to lock this down. So that's what they did is they let him go and they locked him down which opened up the door for their first move once free agency opened. And that was to bring from Portland. And he previously played for the San Antonio Spurs was drew Eubanks drew Eubanks as drew, as Doug Allen in the chat says, drew is, is more skilled and athletic than jock. He's a better rebounder. Yeah. I think that the drew Eubanks signing is low key, a, a fantastic signing for the Suns. Because of the of what Doug just said, because of what you've said, because of what I've referenced, he's a more complete player. Think about who our backups were last year. You had Jock, who's a offensive firecracker, and you had Busy, who is a defensive stalwart. But you don't, but they don't cross pollinate. They're good on one end of the floor. Yep. Whereas Drew Eubanks is decent on both ends of the floor. Yeah. You know, in his career, six point one points, four point seven rebounds in sixteen minutes played. And I know people hate the third, the per 36, but from a per 36 standpoint, that equates to a pretty much like 14 and 11. So he definitely has the ability to score as well as rebound. And I think that it was a very astute move by the Suns and they got him on a fucking veteran minimum deal, Suns geek. Yeah. Sorry if I jumped the gun there. I'm giving my opinion fine. about it, but it's true though. He is like an upgraded Jock Lindell, and you're right, he's good on both ends of the floor, and I feel like he's a little bit stronger than Jock Lindell, you know what I mean? And he is really good in the post, doesn't mind, you know, doing a little little baby sky hook, if you will, putting it up, he hustles out there. He might kind of be, I feel like there's going to be a 
potentially a lot of surprises on this team. Sort of like how Josh Akogi, who we're going to talk about later, was a surprise last year. Mm-hmm. He might be one of them. And really, this all goes back to the Suns' big three and just having so many guys wide open, so many guys cutting to the basket and everything. But again, what he might do defensively as well, just being a big body out there, maybe teach DeAndre Ayton a little bit, you know, throwing an elbow, getting aggressive. No such thing. Ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm a little off. And I won't lie. I was live last night. I wasn't like super thrilled at the moment. But once I started processing it, I slept on it, did a little homework and all that. I was like, this could legit be a good signing. But again, to be determined, we will see. Yes, we have a, a long way to go until we see exactly how his skill set equates on both ends of the exactly. floor. And with this roster. And with this roster. And again, at the same time, these are veteran minimum guys. Yeah. So it's it's absolutely huge that you're filling out your roster with guys who possess multiple skill sets. And I think that Drew Eubanks meets meets that criteria. The next transaction that occurred was the Suns bringing back uh, Josh Akogi, yep. which I got to say, when you take a look at all the transactions that occurred, I think that this was my favorite one. I honestly thought that Josh Akogi was going to go out onto the market and, and get some good money. Same here. I really think that what he did last year, he signed a one-year deal with Phoenix and he he elevated his game and he showed how, how one, how amazing defensively he was. And we knew that coming when he came oh, over yeah. from Minnesota, but he grew his offensive game. Yep. And so the fact that the second transaction within the first five minutes of free agency opening was they brought Josh Akogi back, that's one where I clapped my hands and I pumped my fists. Yep. Because I was, I was, through the moon excited that we're bringing him back. He brings versatility. He yep. brings defensive versatility. He brings, as we mentioned before, he's one of those tweener guys that allows you to try some different things with your starting line because he can be a part of the starting line because he showed Preach. us he can be a part of the starting Preach. line. So bringing Josh Akogi back, in my opinion, was my number one favorite move that the Suns made yesterday. And there's some free agents they picked up, but bringing Akogi back, that's the curveball. That's the one I did not have a piece prepped for bright side of the sun. Because yeah, you didn't know it was going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Tory Craig, I thought was going to happen. Damian Lee, yeah. I kind of knew was going to happen because uh, Mark Stein had put out in his Stein line report the day prior that Damian Lee is the surest bet to come back with the Suns. Yeah. But Josh Akogi, fuck me, that was fantastic. Absolutely. And again, and we're going to touch on it eventually. As hyped as I was for the Yuta Watanabe signing, Josh Akogi was the one that I was also hyped about. Because I'm pretty much echoing everything you just said. He honestly could have went out and got a huge payday. And Mm -hmm. he, not really like a huge payday, but a pretty big payday. And he would have deserved it. And I'm sure there were some teams that probably were interested. But as he put on his Instagram account, he's like, let's run it back. He seemed like he really loves the Valley, loves this team, loves what we're building here. And again, even if he is the fifth starter for, I don't know, 45 games or something, and then maybe he starts in the playoffs. I think he's happy with that. I think he's embraced his roles, and I'm going to say roles, in Phoenix here. And again, good chemistry guy, good locker room guy. And you were talking about how we saw him grow on offense. I feel like we just saw him grow sort of as a person as well. And again, just him understanding that role, 
being with this team, building chemistry with the guys. I know Booker loves them. I'm sure KD does as well. And again, like I mentioned with Ish earlier, uh, I'm sure Frank Vogel's going to love this guy, man. So oh, very yes. happy for Josh. As you mentioned, this is one where you were like clapping your hands, fist bumping and everything. I was too, man. I was like, hell yeah, Josh Akogi's back. I got to say, the Vogel side of this is, again, something that when we first hired him on as a coach, it went through my mind. I was like, fuck, we got Frank Vogel, and he's not going to have a chance to coach Josh Akogi. Yeah, man. That is his, his kind of guy. so up in the air, man. I didn't even know. So I agree with you, man. It was I, I was just so pumped when that transaction went through. So Josh Kogi remaining with this team is absolutely paramount uh, to the long-term success and potential championship. I truly believe that. He's a swing kind of guy. Next up, the next transaction that occurred, and I verified it through basketball reference, it's Keita Bates-Diop. Okay. Keita. 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 Yeah. Keita Bates-Diop was signed two years, $5 million. I think, again, this was another solid move by the Suns. You know, he could potentially be the guy who is a Tory replacement type, right? He's six foot eight, little, you know, doesn't have the broad shoulders that Tory Craig has, but he's a two way guy who fought his way into relevance. Give me your thoughts on Keita. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. And, and everybody on my live show saw it yesterday. I know very little about this guy. Like, I knew who he was, I knew that he kind of bounced around and was with the Spurs the last few years, but I didn't know much about him. Apparently, last year he had like a 30 point game against the Lakers. Brings you size, brings you ver a little bit of versatility and defense. Uh, seven foot three wingspan, I believe. But one thing that is standing out, and I hate to be like a box score stats guy reader, but it is true. One point or one and a half assists per game last year. And I know that that was with the Spurs. That kind of yeah. stands out a little bit. Because again, these guys are going to be wide open. These guys are going to be zipping the ball around. Maybe he could do a little playmaking here and there, you know, with, with Beal and Booker and Katie and everything. But you know, and as you kind of mentioned, maybe a Tory Craig replacement-ish. And again, this is at the very start of the show. This is the kind of player that I think the Phoenix, not think, I know the Phoenix Suns were targeting all because of the things that you and I just mentioned just now. So agree on all fronts. Uh, Doug Allen in the chat. And again, thank you to everyone who's watching yeah. and listening to the Crush pod. Crush that like button, y'all. We truly appreciate you taking some time out of your day to hang out with us on the Suns Jam session and on the Suns Geek channel. Uh, Doug Allen says in the chat, Bates Diop is your best signing. He can switch. He can shoot. He's going to thrive playing with Book and Katie and Beal. Yep. He's going to work so hard for his next contract. Doug is spitting facts. It, it is. And when you talk about Bates Diop, again, like I said, he's a two-way guy who fought his way into relevance. Yeah. Right? I mean, not only are you bringing the players, and, and, and a lot of people, again, this is probably the Suns Facebook side of, side of right, the, right, right. the world. You know, but they all wanted veteran minimum guys with like they wanted the Kevin Loves and the Derek Roses and right. the household yeah. names. What the Suns did is they brought in fucking fighters. Yeah. You know, Kata Bates Diop is a fighter. Cameron, Preach. who they brought back, is a fighter. Josh Akogi is a fighter. These are guys who have fought for their relevance. And that's the kind of grinders that you need to put back, or, or I'm sorry, put around the basketball IQs of Devin Booker and KD, the grinder types, the guys who live, breathe the sport. Not to say that Derrick Rose and Kevin Love don't, but they're at the back end of their career. Yeah. People are, we don't need ring chasers. We want people, you know, as Monty, or I'm sorry, Monty, who, 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 sorry, Frank Vogel. <laughs> I'm sure both of us on our shows are going to be doing that a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretending <laughs> that Monty's still our coach. <laughs> well, because I'm about to give you a Frank Vogel quote and the Monty isms are gone, but Vogel yeah. said, you know, about like Bradley Beal, he's like, 
champions act like champions before they're champions. Amazing quote, by the way. Amazing. It is. And that's what, you know, Kata Bates-Diop, that's what Drew Eubanks, that's what a lot of these guys are bringing, is they're guys who, like uh, Son- Sawbucks23 says, Suns bringing fighters reminds me of the 2020-2021 yep. season. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what that team was, was a team full of fighters and grinders. So that being said, this edition is another great, uh, or it falls in that same vein of yeah. just that mentality. Now I'll ask you this. What number did Kata wear last year with the Spurs? This might sound weird, but wasn't it like 38 or something? Or am I tripping? <laughs> I should have hit, hit you with this first. You know what time it is. Trivia time. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking 38. Maybe I'm thinking Saban Lee because he wore that, didn't he? He wore 38. Um, yeah, I don't know. Kata Bates Diop wore 31. Oh, so I was sort of close ish. <laughs> so the question becomes Does Matt Ishbia block his ability to wear 31 here in the Valley while simultaneously putting the Matrix in the Ring of Honor? It could happen. Please let Please. it happen. And there's so many other guys like uh, that are on your wall that kind of deserve to be there as well. And we all know who those people are, but uh, I got my little, yeah. I got my little Sean Marion <laughs> bobblehead. You know, Sean Marion. Up until Devin Booker, Sean Marion was my favorite Phoenix Sun. He's still not in the Ring of Honor. I know. So they, they got to get that done immediately. Make it happen, Ishbia. Your yeah. move, baby. And I forgot who it was on. Someone on Twitter also pointed this out, or it might have been in my live show. I, I understand digital and LED and all that's the way to go, but like, can we get like an actual thing for the Ring of Honor? I don't know if it's like a wooden thing or. Yeah, know. well, I mean, it used to be, and then they changed it with yeah. the new design of the arena. And I understand that, but, you know. The know. Rockets are nearing a deal for Ty Ty Washington Yeah, I just Jr. saw that, yeah. Um, you, we both have our notifications on. That's Usman Gruba, who's like a good defender and everything. So, but wait, who are they trading? Or what are they getting back? Yeah, it's nothing that pertains to the Suns, unfortunately. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so, the next move that the Phoenix Suns made is they brought back Damian Lee. And you know that this is the Suns Jam Session, so you know that he's got a drop. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. I can't wait. There's so many new drops I get to make now that we have all these new fucking players. I like saw I was your t- tweet yesterday. <laughs> I, was, I was telling you before the, the pod, I'm like, I think for Bates Diop, I want to do Hanson's Mbop and just <laughs> overdub it with Diop. Mm, Diop. <laughs> mm, Diop. Just like I just whenever we get new players, I just get so creative. And some of them, like you have to wait and give some time and see who they are and see what nicknames kind of come up. But like some of them are just there. Like if you if you if you to want to be my lover. So, anyways, uh, bringing back Damian Lee. What were your thoughts on that one? Not surprised necessarily, but like it it makes sense, you know. And I think it might have been. Didn't you tweet out like you're bringing them back for the vibes and the shooting? Wasn't that you who tweeted that? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Um, Mike Vigil. Yeah, yeah, he tweeted that. Yeah, he tweeted that. Uh, it, and it does make sense. And it's a cheap contract. And again, someone pointed. It was my my good friend Thunder Steve eighty five pointed this out. Since he won't necessarily be targeted to an extent anymore because of Bradley Beal, Booker, and KD, maybe we see that first half of the season, Damian Lee. You know what I mean? Because obviously after All-Star break, it, it seems like he fell off the earth and obviously lost minutes and was out of the rotation. Uh, so maybe we see sort of a resurgence and what we saw in the first half for Damian Lee. But yeah, I wasn't too surprised. And it's a good deal. You know, it's cheap. And 
and just it kind of is what it is. Yeah, I think what we saw with Damian Lee is due to all the injuries that occurred last season, he started to have to he started to have to play outside of himself. Yeah. Now, granted, he shot the the third highest three point percentage as a member of the Suns last year, and uh, two of those one was campaign. And the other one was uh, Kevin Durant. So the only son who was there the entire part of the season was uh, our, our good buddy, Damian Lee. Yep. And again, I think that he had to play outside of his uh, normal role. Yeah. And that's what took him away from the three-point line. And it ultimately uh, cost him at least our confidence. We yeah. know he's not a defender. And anytime you drive past Damian Lee, he's going to slap at a guy and get a dumb foul. Yep. Like, that's just what he does. Now he'll get a technical for arguing with the ref. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But at the same time, like you have to respect the fact that he's that elite of a three-point shooter. Yeah. And he's another one who, like Josh Akogi, I thought was going to go out into the market and garner more money. Are you for surprised real? that he are you are you surprised that he didn't? Yeah, maybe that's what I guess I was more surprised with because again, with the fall off and him losing rotation and minutes and everything, I just thought maybe he was gonna move he was gonna move on. Not really the Suns, if that makes sense. Uh but yeah, yeah. the fact that he didn't get signed by anybody. I mean, the Warriors could probably use him. You know, they're they're limited on their bench, so I don't know. Well, well, so many teams could have used yep. him, and that's what's impressive. Yep. Is so many teams could have used him, and, and again, you know, he's choosing to stay in Phoenix, which yep. uh, is something that we have to respect and appreciate. And it's again on another one of those veteran minimum deals. So I think that's an absolutely huge win for the Phoenix Suns. The next signing was Chemetsi Metu from the San Antonio Kings. Uh, a Essentially, I would say taking the place of Bismack Biombo. If you viewed Bismack Biombo as our third string center, because that's what Chemetsi's going to be. Is he's a third string center. He what shot twenty nine percent from beyond the arc. He ain't shooting. For, he ain't shooting the three ball. Right. He is a defense. He yep. is a physical guy. I think he's like six nine, six yeah. ten. Mm-hmm. You know, to tell me what your thoughts are on Chemetsi. Yeah, I, I think you kind of summed it up. It's he, he's another dog, another worker. And, you know, you, you mentioned six foot nine, 200, whatever pounds he is. He's big. He's long. He'll bring some defense. You won't see him shooting much. Um, just a guy that's going to have to come in here and work minutes. But I think this signing kind of is more about Bismack Biombo. And that it's weird. Like, I don't know how to really view because I don't know Bismack Biombo personally, but I feel like he's quiet. And he, you know, that stuff's going to come later, like his contract and his future. So I guess it's sort of more about us letting busy walk, if you will, or maybe busy just decided to move on. I, I will just say this though. I'm going to miss busy. I thought he was great for us. I'm glad we kind of sort of revived his career or however you want to word that. Um, I'm glad he found a spot with us and I know that the sons loved him and James Jones and Booker and all them. And I, I hope he lands on a contender and plays well for them. Yeah, obviously with this move, as you referenced, Bismack Biombo is most likely not coming back to Phoenix. Biz. Biz. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, there's, there is no return of the Bismack anymore. And he had heart, he had hustle, he had yeah. defensive capability. He shot 35% from the line and was an offensive liability every time he was on there. And got outplayed in the playoffs sometimes. uh, 100%. You know, so you have to kind of pick and choose your poison. And I think that, you know, Metu, younger guy, again, a veteran minimum deal. Um, (laughs) Ryan in the chat. Metu doesn't make sense for the Suns. What does he do well? 
meh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I feel like I know more about Drew Eubanks in a way, and I don't even know that yes. much about him. So even Kate Bates Diop, I'm like, I don't know, man. That so maybe James Jones and Matt Ishbia and Frank Vogel and all of them see something we don't. Again, maybe this is one of the surprises. That's just going to blow us all away. But like, I kind of doubt it. You know? Well, this guy's he's going to be your 13th, 14th, 15th yeah. option on the bench. You shouldn't exactly. expect him to have yeah. uh, so breakout much. season. He, he's not going to get the opportunity to do so. Exactly. You know, and again, when you talk about roster construction, so many fans will focus on the 12 through 15 guys and wonder why they don't get more rotations and why they don't get more playing time and why, you know, this it's because they're the, there's a reason why they're the 12th through 15th. You know, he's he's a break glass in case of emergency type player, in my opinion. Yeah. He's somebody who does have a defensive motor. And as we mentioned before, he could be one of those guys who's a fighter, a grinder, somebody who's yeah. had to earn where he's at. And I know when we played against the Spurs or the San Antonio, the Spurs, the Sacramento Kings, God damn it. Uh, it feels like he's on the Spurs, though. He right? does, though. He does. It feels like we took like half the Spurs Seriously. cast offs. Um, <laughs> You know, backcourt highlights says Metu is athletic and unlike busy can shoot the three. His defense is also very serviceable. I think that's a good way to put it. And I feel like when we played the Kings a couple times, Metu had some good minutes against us. I remember seeing him. I'm like, that's low key. Just a good guy to have on the bench because of what he can bring. Uh, and it is some athleticism. It is some it's definitely length. And I think that that's what you know, when, when you talk about the Phoenix Suns and how they're trying to build out this roster, as we mentioned at the front end of this pod. They're they're not looking for a bunch of guards, man. That's what we had last. We already week. got all that too. We had <laughs> well, remember last year? How many guards did we have? We had Dwayne Washington, we had Saban Lee, we got Chris Paul, we got Campaign, Frank got Jackson. Dwayne, you know, <laughs> remember Frank Jackson? Yeah, I remember Frank Jackson. Yeah, long long time ago. But at the same time, like you look at the construction of this team, and the Suns are clearly trying to go longer, trying to go bigger, and why you know Chimetsi Metu might not necessarily be somebody who checks every box. I'll tell you what box he definitely does check. And that is the box of, he took a veteran minimum deal. It checks the box of this guy's going to be at the back end of your rotation. He checks the box of uh, somebody who, you know, can shoot the, the three ball. I think a little bit. I, I, they said he could shoot the three ball. I feel like we need to check those stats. Cause I don't yeah, know. If that's I'm like, I don't true. know. That, like as much as I don't know about him, I don't feel like that's accurate. Like at all. Yeah, I feel like that's not I, I, I that was incorrect, but maybe I'm wrong. Again, I don't know much about Chemetsi Metu. I just know that he's somebody who uh, meets a need and clearly is somebody who has got to be better than busy, right? That's where I don't know, man. And that's where I'm still, this all kind of goes back to busy. I'm like, why wouldn't you just bring busy back? Like, because, again, you're bringing back that continuity and that familiarity and the size and the veteran leadership and the heart, as you mentioned. I, I don't know. This one was kind of confusing. And, again, prior to the Utah signing, I wasn't, like, super hyped with a lot of these signings. Maybe because I'm greedy. Maybe it's because we got Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant and Booker now. But I was like, this is what we're doing. And for like, what are we doing? But now it kind of makes sense now that I've slept on it, processed it and everything. So, I don't know. Well, and that's what it comes down to, right? You know, the fact that the Suns are doing and navigated the way that they did, if this is the one bogus thing, I'm okay with it. Are yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just yeah. that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on on uh, on Metu? Nope. We'll just see what happens. What should I do for his drop? That's going to be kind of <laughs> it, it, he's going to have to be one of those players who 
you know, again, I, I'm going to, I'll be, something will happen. He'll, something will come out in a, in a game and it'll just all make sense one day. He'll have like a 10 point, 10 rebound game, play great on defense. And we'll be like, Oh my God, that's what we're getting now. (laughs) And in the process of doing so, he will come up with some sort of nickname, you know, the chimney. I don't know. Santa Claus. Maybe maybe during media day, he'll tell us what our, what the, what the meeting is. Meeting. I'm really looking forward to meeting. Tell us what the nickname is. Sorry, not meeting. Does what does it say anything on basketball reference about his nickname or anything? That's a good question. I'll look that up. Yeah, you're 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 the you're in touch with the socials and such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, for anybody who cares, uh, Mo Wagner or Wagner, however you want to pronounce it, uh, returning to the Magic, two years, sixteen million. Um, I figured he would. His brother plays there, so it's like. You know, Mo Wagner, former Mi- Michigan Wolverine. I just, I, it's somebody who I didn't necessarily see uh, leaving, leaving them. So, uh, no right. nicknames, man. I'm looking it up. Nothing on the nickname front. Really? So, yep, nothing, man. All right. Well, let's move on to another exciting signing. After Chimetsi Metsu came the news that Utah Watanabe was going to be a member of the Phoenix Sun, somebody who's definitely been targeted. And I don't know if anybody was watching your live stream yesterday uh, when the news came in, but Green, y'all there it is. Boom. This is Utah has signed with the Phoenix Suns. The Suns I geek. love the signing, man. This is huge. Now look, <laughs> someone made a good point because he, he can shoot threes. He's a three point shooter. He's got size. He plays his ass off. That's an understatement. Utah is going to be a fan favorite from day one. There you go. I'm just going to cut it off there. That, oh, okay. uh, for, for those of you who are listening, I just I cut to video that I sniped from Suns Geeks channel of him <laughs> reacting in real time to Utah Watanabe <laughs> becoming a minute or becoming a member of the Phoenix Suns. You're you're, you're still excited, aren't you? Yeah, and you know what? Like, I didn't think it was impossible for us to sign him because I think there might have been some reports that he was, like, linked to us somehow and there was, like, some sources behind it. Yes. But I think it was more of the timing that I was surprised with because that just came out of nowhere. And I remember I was, like, talking about whatever. I think I was about to answer a question. I just looked down at my phone. I was like, I saw Utah, and I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what happened? And then, bam, Phoenix Suns. I freaked out. I had to like stand up and clap and everything. Yes. And uh, again, I pre- go back and listen to that or just go to the clip that I uploaded on Instagram. Shameless plug. Go follow me. Twitter, TikTok. I uploaded it there. But pretty much, I mean, this guy can shoot. He can defend. And I'm telling you, sort of like Josh Akogi last year, who I believe won the Dan Marley Hustle Award. Mm-hmm. We're going to see a lot of effort out of this guy. I think he'll be a fan favorite from one day. And, you know, the term sharpshooter, sort of gets thrown around a lot, especially nowadays, since that's what the NBA really is, just sharp shooting, three-point shooting. But he is a confident three-point shooter. And Kevin Durant loves him, man. And I think I read this from Bright Side of the Sun earlier. When when Durant was on the team, 52.3% on, on the field, and I think 55% from three. That was with yeah. KD and everything. Yeah. And obviously with the KD injury and the trade, his numbers dropped, his minutes dropped. But man, I just believe... I'm not, and I'm not even trying to overhype it. I'm just seeing what I, you know, from the eye test, man, and, and the stats that are in front of me. I think Suns fans are going to love this. What do you think, man? This was a massive W for the yep, Suns. Absolutely. Massive. I referenced earlier how Josh Akogi's, uh addition or re was my favorite move of the day. 
this was easily my second. Preach. And I think that what he's going to bring to this team is, as you mentioned, sharpshootability. Uh, better defense than people probably expect. Yeah. He's six foot nine. He's a lefty. He's yep. a left-handed mm-hmm. three-point. It's a it's confident like Ke- shooter, too. He's like Asian Kelly Oubre, right? I can see that, yeah. You know? And yeah. I, I, I'm just so excited because if you look at a lot of wish lists for Phoenix Suns fans, Utah was at the top of that wish list. And it's for all the reasons that you stated. He has a relationship with Kevin Durant because of his yeah. shooting. Uh, 51% three-point shooter from the corner. Uh, he's somebody who, like I, I posted on Bright Side of the Sun about his signing, and I posted there a 20-minute video yep. of his highlights. Watch it. It's so it's just it's, it's great. Watch Suns fans. It's it's worth a watch yep. just to see what this newest member of the Suns because he's another one who could work his way into the starting lineup, and I would That's, not doubt that. Yeah, you know, you have him and you have Kevin Durant. You have these big long forwards who are threats from all over the the floor, and he's going to be a guy. With a Kogi, we'll always remember the Dallas Mavericks game, right? Where Katie's playing, I think it was his second game playing with the Suns, and Josh Kogi had eight missed three pointers from the corner. That could be Utah Watanabe standing out there and he's just fucking stroking it. He'll actually make them and he'll make them. Yep. And it's just going to have such an effect offensively. And again, I don't know. I just, I, I'm with you. I absolutely love this signing for the Phoenix Suns. I really, really do. This, I, again, it's like you mentioned, the Josh Kogi one was probably both of our favorites, but the one that wasn't returning, this was the actual signing that got me hyped. And this, again, the timing was so perfect. It was great. I, I loved it, man. Oh, and it, it might be a steal. We might we, we might look back at free agency even like five months from now and say Yuta was one of the bigger steals. And a lot of people agency. across the Twitter sphere, across yeah. the NBA, think that the Suns and all the moves that we just referenced – did an absolutely fantastic job given the fact that everything that we just talked about, they still have Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant and and Devin Booker. So they've filled out their roster with these guys, versatile defensive, some shooters. They have all the aspects there. Now it's still, as we mentioned at the top of the show, they still have some opportunity to identify who that fifth starter is. And that's, what's going to happen in training camp. That's what Frank Vogel is going to put this team through is he's going to put them through drills and situations and take an opportunity to see who is the uh, the clear number five or if it's, hey, we're doing this based on matchups. You know, we got a smaller team. Let's put a Kogi out there. Okay, we got a team that's, that struggles defending the perimeter. Let's put Yuta out there. We have a team that likes to penetrate the interior. Let's put, you know, KBD out there. So, so many options for the Suns. Now, obviously, the other side of this is there's numerous Suns who won't be returning. You have, uh, for example, the Outlet Boys, which are uh, T.J. Warren and Terrence Ross aren't going to be coming back. T.J. Ross. The Outlet Boys. Maybe they are coming back, and they just haven't signed them back yet. You know, I could. That's a possibility. Like, I would really... So if you take a look at four players who aren't returning, you have Terrence Ross, TJ Warren, Tory Craig, Bismack Biombo. Is there any one of those who you would prefer over anybody else, seeing as now the Suns have built out the roster in the manner that they have? Maybe this is a bias, maybe a casual take, if you will. TJ Warren, just because of the history with him and just because we didn't 
really see TJ Warren. I mean, I don't know if that was just Monty and his decision-making or him not being very consistent when he did play. I mean, he, you know, was fine throughout some games, but we didn't really see TJ Warren. So I would choose him. And again, we, we all know what he can bring to the team, a little bit of size, a little bit of defense here and there, but uh, I'd, I'd say Warren. Of all those guys that we mentioned, it, it falls into the same conversation we were having earlier. None of them are point guards. Yeah, exactly. Right? So this is a bunch of wings. Uh, Torrey Craig is the obvious choice, in my opinion, especially for the financial reasons that we stated above. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you can bring him back on like a $12 million deal. If you need to trade that deal, it becomes a stackable contract. I think that there's multiple reasons as to why bringing Torrey Craig back would be beneficial to this team. But he is somewhat duplicitous with like a, a Keita Bates-Diop. Yeah. And with the Utah Watanabe. Uh, and to Josh Akogi, I feel like there's just now again, I've I've said this phrase throughout my time covering the NBA. You never can have too many wings, and that's what he brings. I also really like Terrence Ross. I'm like I'm leaning towards Terrence Ross because I like that offensive firepower, knowing that you did bring in some defensive guys, you need to bounce that out. And Damian Lee, for example, is a great offensive player from beyond the arc, but we saw coming off the ball, he can't do shit. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Tyrants Ross, he can shoot all over and he, he can, you know, create his own shot a little bit if that's what we need from him. So I don't know if there's necessarily a wrong answer or a right answer, yeah. but um, but it, it is going to, you know, as every season it does, it hurts to say goodbye to some of the guys that you just have such an affinity for because you watch this team uh, day in and day out and you see the promise that they have and you see what they can bring to a team. And at this point, there's just no room for them or the and the other side is like what are they going to garner in the market i really yeah. really don't know and maybe also just a different direction as chris paul said you know with his thing with matt ishbia and the interviews and all that maybe this is just maybe james jones just sat them all down had a conversation just said we're going in a different direction sorry good luck on the market i don't know i i have no information or sources on that i'm no, just saying it's, it's, it's probably, probably what happened yeah without a doubt yeah N now there is something that we do after on every post game show is we go into the subreddit of the opposing team to hear what their perception is on the team. They kind of know best. They do. They know their own team. So, you know, if the Suns are playing the Spurs, we'll go into the Spurs subreddit, yeah. Matthew and myself, uh, who's normally on the show, you know, it's John and Matthew jam Suns jam session podcast. We'll hang out there. We'll take notes so we can understand how the opposition is seeing our team uh, at, in at, during a game. Right. Well, I've done the same thing for the new editions of the Phoenix Suns. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I went in undercover. I still wear my Suns gear, as you can see, but I had on some blue sunglasses, so no one knew it was me. Last thing I want them to do is know it was me. And I wanted to understand how they perceived their outgoing players. So starting with Drew Eubanks, for example. One of the first comments, the trout of Shackdale has moved on. Now, Drew Eubanks once called himself the trout of Shackdale in his pregame interview. Uh, and for some reason, everybody absolutely loved it. Uh, I think I, I have no idea what it means. I know that in time we will know what it means. Yeah. But yeah, the trout of Shackdale. That's that's a good start for for our buddy Drew Eubanks. Um, somebody said, I'm going to miss the vault meme more than anything. And that's because there's a, a picture of him. You know, it looks like he's vaulting. Uh, this one hurts. I know he's, he's not great, but I loved having our hometown guy on the team. He was a Portland guy, uh, who was from, you know, who played for the Portland trailblazers. 
Uh, no. Oh, and also he went to Oregon State as well, so he's definitely oh, nice. an Oregon guy. Um, what else did they say? Uh, I had better notes. <laughs> I'd be surprised if a legitimate backup exists for the price point that Portland has to offer. Uh, he's a great center and he can play the power forward position. Essentially, if Portland uh, or Portland needs to fix the fact that he's gone. Um, or we're just going to have a repeat of last year. So he's definitely somebody who was valued yeah. in, Port in Portland circles. Real quick, I was just going to say, too, with Drew Eubanks and really a lot of these guys, these are not necessarily like veterans, but they've been in the league. They've been around. Like Drew Eubanks is like five years, going on six. So I yes. think that's another reason why we got these players. Just well, they're all say that they're, they're James quick. Jones guys, right? Yeah. Like these guys are 100% James Jones. They're guys. not like rookies is what I'm trying to exactly. say. Exactly. Yeah. Look, Looking at uh, Kata Bates-Diop. Yeah. Somebody in, you know, this is going to the, the Spurs subreddit. I'll miss KBD. 2.5 a year is a steal, though. And somebody said, yeah, 2.5 million for someone who will be a solid rotation player for the Suns. I think it will show out and have a Bruce Brown type of role. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a little hard to say just because he won a championship and then just got a payday after. But yeah, I, get, true. I get what they're saying. <laughs> I respect KBD. But he's way too limited athletically to approach Bruce Brown level impact, yeah, in exactly. my opinion. Somebody said, uh, let's see, what else did they say? This sucks. Loved having him on the Spurs. Perfect glue guy. Knew his role. Didn't deviate out of his lane. Love like to hear that. that. Mm -hmm. Love to hear that. Uh, I'll miss him. Bye, KBD. I'll miss you and your Euro steps. He deserves this, honestly. He's an amazing role player and deserves an opportunity to be on a championship caliber team. So, Again, great words coming out of the Spurs subreddit. When we talk about Chemetsi Metu, looking at the Kings subreddit, the most confident shooter I've ever seen. Some might even say too confident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, Mezzi. Love your energy and getting to see a fellow Trojan ball for Sacktown. So he's he went to USC. Yeah, yeah. And then somebody said, let's sign Jock Landale in retaliation. God, I love subreddits. <laughs> That's where I'm going to have to start going instead of Twitter because Twitter shuts itself down. It's like, just go to For Reddit. Real. Yep. Um, he seemed like a fun guy. Glad he got to experience the beam season with us after being around those two terrible ones. No. Who will represent us at the next NBA PA meeting? <laughs> <laughs> Dang, going to miss Mezzi. Uh, add him to the list of guys I'll always root for. And I'm just a bunch of, I'm going to miss him. Damn. Yeah. You know, things of that nature. And then, of course, there's Utah Watanabe. If you go to the Go Nets subreddit, they literally had a post called Thank You, Utah. Uh, nice. Never never forget that corner three ball. Good night, sweet prince. The first 20, 30 games last season, we had the highest three-point percentage in the league before we lost Katie and Kyrie. It was one of the happiest periods as a Nets fan. <laughs> uh, my heart, I can't. I know we weren't going to compete this year, but but no, Utah, damn. This season's going to be harder to watch. Good luck, man. I'm still going to wear my Wantanabe jersey. Fan favorite, I'm telling you, man. Telling you. In Brooklyn, maybe even a little in Toronto as well. And I, I can definitely see Nets fans missing him a lot. And know that from a Suns, just marketing standpoint, all of Japan is behind yep. this guy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They just got a whole new, like I now follow Yuta Watanabe on Twitter and I have no idea what he's saying because it's all in Japanese. Uh, <laughs> we love you, Yuta Dashuta. Ooh, I, I like, like that. you. I like you that. Uh, well, this one's going to hurt like a son of a bitch. One of my favorite Nets. We're going to suck so hard next season. We'll miss you, Utah. I really hope we'd, we'd keep them. 
but it'd be nice to see him reunited with KD, though I don't like the Suns. I guess I need a new flair now. So there you go. That's how opposing teams and fan bases are looking at the players that the Phoenix Suns have now acquired. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. All right, Suns Geek, as we get ready to close out the show, I'm going to ask you just a simple question. What grade do you give the Suns overall on how they've navigated free agency on day one? Is A minus a fair grade? I, I don't know if you can really go You're the any teacher. lower. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, I'm a teacher. I'm going to go A minus because we've pretty much recapped it all, man. And, and real quick, bef- well, I guess I'll say this after my guy. I'm going to give it an A minus. There obviously are still some questions that are yet to be determined. Agreed. And I am just telling you, Suns fans, I feel like we're going to see so many experiments, which could be bad, could be good. But that's what training camp's for. That's what the preseason's for. You know what I mean? And maybe a little bit earlier in the season. But one thing that I think is kind of getting overlooked here is just the Suns do have a lot of talent, a lot of versatility. And I like how they got pretty much everything done in one day. Now, again, there might be some sprinkled moves here and there. Maybe a summer league guy joins the team or some random free agent or maybe a trade down the road. But pretty much, I'd say like 98% of our offseason's done. And I yep. talked about that a lot yesterday. And I think I'm okay with that. So I'm giving it a solid A-. And you know what? The offseason's not over. Just saying. Well, what, what grade are you going to give it? I, I agree with you on everything you just said. I really do. And uh, before I give you my answer, I want to shout out Lufa in the yep. chat. Uh, 499, a super chat. He said, Jordan Usher is a six foot seven guard forward on our summer league team, and he will get a two way mark my words. Ooh, He's a baller. Hot take. So, Usher, keep, keep eyes. You know, summer league starts yeah. on the seventh. Check it out. Keep your eye out on We actually uh, have a Jordan reason Usher. to watch this year, too, because we got guys on our team that will be playing. I'm excited, man. Yes. Isaiah Todd's going to be on the team. Yep. Tamani Kamara's mm-hmm. going to be on the team. Yep. Jordan, Jordan Usher. Goodwin. Jordan Goodwin as Jordan well. Jordan Goodwin's going to be on the team. That, so. that one kind of surprised me, too. I think it's like, a good idea. Yeah, he's still young and everything, but that, it kind of surprised me. But it, it's just more reps, more practice. You know, why not see see what he's got? Yeah. And I'm excited because in less than a week we get to watch some Suns basketball. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at the chat, Suns Fever, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, hit the join button down below. Gave the <laughs> off season transactions thus far through day one an A plus. That's great. Uh, June DeFool gave us an A. Sawbucks 23, B-plus with the money that they had. Yeah, that's a good point. G-O-D-3, A, and we're not done. Yep, preach. Laced Bacon gave us an A. Uh, let's see if there's any more grades. Uh, so, And then looking, I put a, a Twitter poll out, I think yesterday, with about 1,200 votes, 65.1% of Suns fans think that the Suns have garnered an A yeah. for their – their grade via day one of free agency. 30.7% give them a B, 2.8% a D, and 1.4% a D. I'm with you. I give them a solid A. I don't give them an A minus. I don't give them an A plus. Solid A. I think it's a solid A. You know, like John Nelson, an A minus. CL Oracle, an A minus. D Books Prods, an A. Fabio, free agency is an A minus, but the offseason so far has been an A plus. Agree with that. Agree with that Mm because we got Bradley fucking Beal. And Andy Cruz, A minus so far. But if they go and get Russ on a vet minimum, that's an A plus plus plus. <laughs> I agree with Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys in your Russell Westbrook love, you keep it up. I I just again I think that this is 
they exceeded my expectations. I thought it was going to be really hard, and I had my targets out there. And but a lot of my targets, I was just like meh because yeah, I didn't right. know what. The, because the challenge was because we had so few guys truly rostered, we didn't know what they were going to do and and how they how they saw themselves. And we got a preview of that again as Frank Vogel tipped his hand a little bit in the Bradley Beal press conference. He kept mentioning mentioning campaign, and Dwayne Rankin's like, "So campaign's coming back?" And you know, yeah. Uh, it's internal <laughs> yeah james jones like that's internal Dwayne. He's like Dwayne, that's internal he's like okay but what about darius basley another guy who's not coming back by the like, way that was one of the funniest and most intense um, i love it a lot of fun like press conferences and son's history i was so glad i witnessed that and was listening to that in live time i don't know if we'll ever see that again it was hilarious yeah Dwayne. Uh, yeah, well, we'll get to what you 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 and I just saw here momentarily. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, wait a minute, what? Dwayne Rankin does an absolutely fantastic job as a Suns beat. And he was doing I, his job in all he fairness. Was. It was just hilarious, though. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. When I do media day, I'm going to ask DA like what his conversations have been like with Frank Vogel and how do those differ from the conversations I had he, he had real. with Monty Williams. I'm asking that question. Man. Do it, man. I'm asking that one. Like I already written down. Like that's the question I'm asking DA when the time comes. Uh, but again, I think that. An A is perfect. The, the way that this team is navigated, and now that we have an understanding of who and what they want to be and what their vision is, it's something that is just uh, – it gets you excited. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I want fucking the season to start next week. For real. You know, Summer League's going to go on for a couple of weeks, and then we go into the dog days of summer and the doldrums. Uh, but that being said, and so says Jay, yes, I fucking will. Oh, he will. <laughs> um, so, so you've been around me when i've asked questions of like james jones i'm not afraid to ask any dumb question or any intense question uh even though we're going to head into the doldrums of the dog days of summer after summer league and before summer training camp starts keep those notifications on if you're a sun's jam session follower keep those notifications on go to sun's geek channel Turn on those notifications. You never know when we're going to go live and, and talk about something uh, and, and bring you some more Suns content. That's why you come here, and that's why we appreciate you taking some of the time out of your day to do so. Before we get out of here, Suns Geek, and before you give everybody your socials, tell me that tweet you were just reading. Yeah, I was going to ask you this, too. So Chris Haynes, and I know he's been a little weird with his reporting lately, but he is he's kind of been on this one, I will say that. A potential Portland-Miami deal for Damian Lillard would almost certainly include the involvement of a third team league sources tell NBA and TNT and Bleacher Report. So real quick, again, he's been on this a little bit. He even put out a little article and he pretty much mentioned what he did in the tweet. I want to ask you, John, like, and I don't know, I don't want to keep the podcast going too long. No, you're this obviously isn't a Blazers podcast. What are your thoughts on the Damian Lillard situation? Did the trade today surprise you at all? Where do you think he's going to end up? And especially now with this announcement that a third team might have to be involved. What's your whole take on the Dame stuff? So I have a, I have a good friend who's a Portland Trailblazers fan and they reached out to me today and they're like, Oh shit. And I, uh, you know, Lillard's requesting a change or a trade. And I said, right, it's, yeah. about, it's about Dame time for real. Uh, and my response essentially was they just signed Jeremy Grant to a massive deal and drafted a younger version of Dame. No reason to stay. They ain't building a winner, a winner around him. Yep, exactly. I'm not surprised. And I think that if we talk about a third team being involved, I think it's the 76ers. I think that okay. James Harden, James Harden just signed his uh, or just accepted his player option for 35 million and then immediately said, trade me. I want the fuck out of here. Yeah, for real. So you can there's going to be a lot of movement. There's going to be some big names, some draft yeah. picks, things of that nature involved, yeah. some, some uh, trade exceptions and whatnot. But I think that Dame Lillard ends up in Miami. And I think that James Harden potentially could be a part of that deal. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much going to echo everything you just said. I will say this, though, is when, whenever this trade does happen, and first off, this was more of a when it's going to happen, not yes. if it's going to happen. We, I think 99% of us knew he was going to request a trade, especially after the Jeremy Grant signing. That was a massive deal. Kind of looks yeah. weird now, too. But I'll just say this. I don't think the Blazers are going to do like what the Washington Wizards are doing to where they're just going to completely tear it all down. They still might win a few games. I mean, they got some young talent over there. Scoot Henderson, Scoot Henderson. Shaden Sharp, a few other young guys over Anthony there. Anthony Simons. Yeah, Anthony Simons and whatever else they get back in this package. I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, but they're not going to be like terrible. And real quick, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Washington Wizards, I have no clue why Kyle Kuzma re-signed. I guess, that, I guess that's okay. They might be fun to watch in terms of offense, but I think they're probably still going to be one of the worst teams. Oh, guaranteed. Defensively, they're going to be horrible. And the reason Kyle Kuzma re-signed with Washington is because the market that's money, out there. Money, money. Yeah, he, he's not, he put himself out there, and he probably didn't get the calls that he expected because due to the new CBA, money is changing in the yep. NBA. You're not going to have a bunch of guys out there making $24 million because that's going to really, really hamper you when it comes to the second tax apron and the first tax apron ultimately. Yeah. And so you, there was like five teams that could have brought him in. Like, you know, yeah. the, the Houston Rockets who, and the San Antonio Spurs who and the needed, Sacramento Kings. There the was Sacramento rumors about Kings. that. That would have been interesting too. I would have liked that for them. that would have, but they just spent all that money on Harrison Barnes. Yep. So again, exactly. duplicitous. Why would you do that? Stay with the guy who, you know, versus the guy who you don't. Yep. So that that's why. And then he's hoping that in a couple of years when this, when the TV rights deal kicks in and, yeah. and salaries essentially have the ability to go up in that second tax apron goes over $200 million that he becomes a tradable asset. And then he gets, that's what he wants that's what i'm thinking i'm like maybe they'll trade him down the road maybe that's what they'll do one year and because again they got all the time in the world they have all these assets and flexibility so you might as well have kuzma as a future trade trip and then maybe all of a sudden they're in the playoffs you enjoy our second round picks washington you enjoy them (laughs) because i didn't i don't care you're not going to find another Jokic. Fuck James Jones it. didn't care either. Didn't we care. all know that for a fact. So <laughs> no, no fucks given. <sighs> so on that note, Jamsters, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get it at all. We truly, truly appreciate you spending some time with us, whether you're watching along live, watching later, or listening at a later time. Thanks for taking a t- some time out of your day to spend with both myself and with Suns Geek. Uh, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Twitter, if Twitter still exists after the show. Real. I know. Make sure you follow me <laughs> at Darth Voida and read all of my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, the best fan blog site relative to the Phoenix Suns on the interwebs. Suns Geek, tell them where they can follow you. Well, just real quick, John, once again, congratulations on being the manager and you know the main guy at Bright Side of the Sun. And you you and your team do an excellent job over there. I'm always on that website. And I've even been a part of that website a couple of times. Shout out to Rod. And you're doing a great job over there. You're doing a great job with the podcast. Shout out to Matthew Lissy as well. We miss yes, you, sir. man. And uh, thank you for inviting me on. And I want to echo something that you said earlier. Turn on our notifications or at least follow us on Twitter. Follow Suns Jam on Twitter. Follow me on social media and Instagram because as we did today, we could just go live spontaneously. You know what I mean? Like we did with Bradley Beal and everything. And even if we're just doing our own separate things, turn on our notifications, follow us. But what I'm trying to say here is follow me on Suns Geek. I'm on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. I'm, I'm doing YouTube shorts on, on YouTube and everything and live shows and videos. And I got lots of stuff planned. Maybe me and you are going to do some more stuff. Matthew Lissy as well. So I'm excited. It's going to be a great off season. It's going to be a crazy one, apparently with the Stamian Lillard stuff. 
So just turn on those noties. Amen. Make sure to follow us. Yeah, and again, follow Matthew Lissy at Matthew Lissy on Twitter. And you know if it has to do with the Phoenix Suns that this guy's going to make a video about it. So <laughs> on that note, everybody, just uh, do me one favor. Okay, we've asked for like 10 favors, right? Like subscribe, rate, review, thumbs up, follow, notifications on. But above all else, go home and love your family. <laughs>